You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. I am here to break down another game with you for the Auburn men's basketball season. This time, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn victory over the South Alabama Jaguars. Jaguars, I said that really weird. Jaguars, 70-69. to 69. You heard that right. The Tigers squeak out a win down in Mobile, 70-69. to 69. They pushed their overall record to 3-0 and on the year. We're going to break down all of the storylines and stats from this game, and to do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, that was, that was something. It, it was something, and all I've got to say out of that is Isaac Okoro is a bad, bad man. We all knew that Isaac Okoro knows basketball, but if there was any question of how talented he was, and not just – it's one thing to have talent, Drew. It's another thing to be a smart player, and, and as young as he is and in the type of scenarios he's already being thrust into, I mean, wow, I have been so impressed with his play thus far. Yeah, he he did wonderful tonight. I mean, it was a good team fighting effort the whole way, uh, but specifically with him scoring those last two baskets, one on a baseline dunk and then another one just fighting for a rebound in traffic and getting the put back and one was all you could really ask for in a hostile South Alabama environment. I think he's the the big story coming out of this very close victory for Auburn here. I mean, obviously he has the go-ahead shot, uh, to put Auburn up 70 to 69. So I, I do think that he's the bigger storyline here, but I think there's much bigger things uh, going on that we'll discuss here too. Uh, but uh, it's, it's just been wild to watch his trajectory happen. And, you know, I honestly, I bought into the hype when he first came in, but I, I, I don't know about you, Drew, but I personally thought it would take him mid non-conference before we started seeing stuff like this. And do you think he's already established himself as the guy? Uh, maybe not the guy so far because he's still a little inconsistent on his jumper. And so you, you want to see that grow a little bit. But uh, definitely as someone who is who can guard all 94 feet of that floor, uh, from a defensive standpoint, I want him on whoever the other team's best player is. I can definitely think he's established himself as that type player, but oh, maybe yeah. not on the offensive end. Now, offense obviously is going to take some time to get to work, but you you have to have very sound fundamentals coming in to be successful on the defensive end, and it seems like he has those here. It's just a quick stat line for him since we've already started discussing him. 15 points in this game, 6 for 12 from the field, uh, 0 for 2 from 3-point land, 3 for 6 from free throws, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, only 2 turnovers for him, and only 1 personal foul in 35 minutes of play. A very great game for him. 
uh, and had everybody screaming his name at the end of this game. Just all kinds of puns and phraseology used on social media about Isaac Okoro coming out of this. Now, Drew, let's address you know the the situation of this game. You see Auburn versus South Alabama. Now, if you are just a casual basketball fan, you think, hey, even on the road, Auburn basketball, especially in this day and age, probably should walk away with a decent, easy win by the end of it. Maybe not right away, but by the end of it. Uh, I think people bargained uh, for much more than they got here, and and it, it was a nail-biter. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm actually got my heart rate just now coming down. Yeah, I mean, it was a nail-biter, but it, it was almost a self-inflicted nail-biter there towards the end of the game because – a lot of missed free throws, which I know we'll probably get to with you being on the show, but just, <laughs> just sloppy play there towards the end of the game. And I think we're dealing with a lot of players in uh, Javon McCormick and a Samir Dowdy and just players of, that are starting this year. The, they maybe played bit roles in the past, still working on making that jump up to, hey, we're the, we're the guys now. We're the full-time starters. Daniel Purefoy struggled pretty badly tonight, one of six shooting two points, 0 of three from three-point range. We had four critical turnovers down the stretch by Samir and Javon. And so it's one of those that I think they're still – I, I think we just maybe thought, you know what, they're just going to make the leap. They've been here. They're great. Let's – Let's just go ahead and run through everyone again, right back to the final four. But I think that they're needing to make a jump, just like the freshmen are me- are needing to make a leap into college basketball. And I can see that too, because I think, especially if you look at someone like Dan Jail, who's had a, I would consider a pretty solid start to the season. Uh, it would be, you know, not shocking for him to have a game where he's maybe not completely a hundred percent having his best game. Um, so that's not unexpected here, and, and it's a testament to Coach Pearl and his coaching staff to have the other new teammates ready and be in a position to help when the others are slacking off in certain areas. Not and not necessarily slacking off, but just struggling in some other areas tonight. Um, now, Drew, you and I both had two different perspectives of this game. You were watching on ESPN Plus, and I was listening on the radio because I was cheap and decided not to open up the wallet for four ninety nine per month. Um, that, yes, I'm aware that makes me very cheap, but, um, I think we both got two different perspectives of the game here because while you could tell it was an incredible atmosphere, just watching it, I mean, for me on the radio, listening to Andy and coach Sonny Smith and just hearing how they were having to scream over that crowd just to make themselves heard on the radio. I mean, what an incredible environment they, they were every bit of the sold out crowd, uh, that they were uh, supposed to be. And I mean, credit goes to them, right? Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, this was a record setting attendance for South Alabama. I think the total came to 10,062 uh, were there on hand and mobile. And you know what? They they were raucous and loud the whole time, even whenever Auburn had stormed back and really seemed to take charge of the game towards the end of the first half, and even beginning the second half, they stuck with it. And it was a tall order, and I'll give him credit. That that coach of theirs is feisty and fiery, and I think he's going to do well going forward just from his tenacity alone. He seemed to have a good game plan as well, and so South Alabama was definitely a, probably a bite in the rear that Auburn wasn't expecting so early in the season, uh, maybe from the player's point of view, but I think Bruce Pearl knew what they were walking into. 
we'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming game and towards the end of this episode here. But I, I do now kind of see maybe what Coach Pearl was building in his scheduling here. We've been talking a lot about towards the build up towards Davidson, but even Coach Pearl tried to warn everybody: do not overlook this away game down in Mobile. And I think a lot of fans, even though they're hearing that, some of them are even saying it, we all kind of said, yeah, they might, you know, stick with us for a little while, but we're going to pull away from them. And and it looked like that was going to be the case. You've already alluded to it. They came out firing on all cylinders, had the lead for a while. Auburn establishes a lead going into the half and kind of maintained that for a lot of the second half. But slowly and surely, they chipped away at it and made a way to put themselves in position with seconds left to win the game. Uh, you know, I honestly have a way to keep track of the game outside of just the radio call. And so I was actually seeing the score ahead of the call. And let me just tell you, it was nerve wracking because there was a little bit of a glitch there that showed that Auburn had lost the game and it wasn't matching up with what was saying. So obviously that got my heart palpitations going just a little bit more uh, tonight. So I think, Drew, personally, that this might have been the two best teams in the state of Alabama in terms of basketball. What do you think? I mean, so far, yeah, you would say that's a that's the case just based off of win losses, how the teams have performed so far. I, I don't think South Alabama is going to be that team towards the end of the season, but this is definitely a tough team. I mean, they were really hammering home how Bruce had scheduled this year. We got South Alabama, who we just faced, is the projected Sunbelt champion, Davidson, A-10 champion, Colgate is projected champion of their league. Furman is the SOCON champion. So we have Bruce did well to schedule the top teams of of these mid-tier leagues. And you know what? You've been to the final four now. Everyone's going to want to buy it out of you. And here's the thing, too, is you talked about how many champions or potential champions are going to be at the end of this non-conference schedule. Uh, when you have a lack of a Maui Invitational or something large like that, which we've already talked a lot about on previous episodes for fans to get excited about, you really have to start paying attention to this, that what a quality win this will be. Now, again, it's not like you went to Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky. Hello, Evansville. Uh, but you actually you know, have some really quality wins against that are opponents that are going to be you know, champions in other conferences, not major conferences, but they're going to be champions nonetheless. And I, I do commend Coach Pearl uh, for being very smart in his scheduling of the South Alabama Jaguars. And I'm thankful that we got out of there with a win 70 to 69 tonight. Now, again, with perspectives and things like that, coach Sonny Smith, uh, he is quite a character and uh, he loves to get on the refs about as much as I did. He was uh, setting up a picture along with Andy that there were some, some questionable calls. What were your perspectives watching the game on ESPN plus tonight? I, I mean, I felt like it was a pretty straight up and down called game. I, I didn't see m- much difference in how they called fouls for Auburn versus how they called fouls for South Alabama. They were very straightforward and very consistent with their calls. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's always going to be a call or two. You want to go your way. Same from the other team's perspective during a game. But ultimately, I, I thought that they did well. And I mean... I I came into it thinking, you know what, we're probably going to walk away with this game. So I, I may just be looking at it happy that we we scraped out of there after we got a little scare. But all in all, I think it was a, a definitely a fair called game. Yeah, and you know, it's it's one perspective to hear it called that way, where it's obviously your people on the on the radio call a little bit biased. I'm sure there, 
but I will say that as we've been kind of bringing it up each episode, I- I'm noticing a pattern here that uh, even when we're getting some questionable calls, it's not like we're playing perfect basketball. We're not putting ourselves in some good situations. We've alluded to some, maybe not just a single Javon out, but just uh, make, not making some smart decisions. Uh, I think it was him at one point in the, in the last stretch there that did some kind of behind the back pass or behind the back uh, dribble that ended up turning the ball over in a crucial point in the game. Uh, so again, not to single him out personally, just using him as an example there. So I think there's, right now currently not a lot of room in terms of the discussion for bad calls versus ref versus us putting ourselves to have those calls made because we're not playing solidly tonight so i'm starting to look down the stat line here uh something interesting austin wiley he has only 10 minutes tonight and two points what was your perspective of his play tonight Uh, my perspective is uh, i i think we need to not go back to the drawing board fully on the offense, but I think we need to relook at the offense because we waste a lot of time when Wiley's in the game, moving the ball around the perimeter just to try and get him in the post. And that's great. He's an asset and I want to get that ball to him in the post, but I think we've, we hone in so much on that. And you know what? I, I thought he played okay. Uh, he, what he didn't get many touches. I think he maybe got two or three touches in the post, nothing much, I know he missed that one hook shot there in the beginning of the first half. He wasn't much of a stat sheet stuffer on defense, but I thought he did well against Ajayi. And you know what? He ended up fouling out, but I think he played decently, though the stat line doesn't say it. But I think our offense is trying to funnel too much through him whenever he's on the court. I think we need to figure out a different way to get him involved in that to where it's not always trying to force it down to him. And I wonder too, Drew, is it that we need to focus more on trying to do other things to open him up more rather than looking to him right off there? Because I think right now he is having still those issues of obviously fouling out. He did so in this game, and that's why you see him only have 10 minutes of play because he was in foul trouble the entire game. Now, granted, he was playing against some you know great big men tonight like Ajayi, 33 for uh, South Alabama, who had 15 points tonight, and that was a little bit challenging for him. Uh, but uh, I do agree with you that maybe it's not a full like, hey, let's just start from scratch thing, but let's maybe switch gears a little bit because right now it does appear like we're looking to him first as opposed to looking to do something to set him up later down the road. So I would like to see us maybe approach that because I do think he and has been more capable in other games this season to have a lot more points tonight. Since we're on the topic of big men, had a new face out there tonight. Babatunde Akingbola, a.k.a. Stretch, made his debut. And uh, he made an impact quite early with two blocks in the first five minutes. Uh, well, really, the only five minutes that he played. Um, your impressions of Babatunde Akingbola? Yeah, I mean, he came in with energy and did what he needed to do in his short little burst because he, Wiley went to the bench with four fouls and then... At the time, I'm looking at the box score, it says McLemore only had three fouls, but we were told on the broadcast that McLemore had four fouls, and he ended up going to the bench. Don't know if that's a miscommunication, misstat, whatever's going on, but then we see Akinbole come in, and he first thing he does is just spike one off the backboard with a loud thud, which I thought was wonderful, is energizing, because Auburn had been trending downward, and uh, you know what? I thought he did all right. You can tell why he hasn't seen the floor much so far, but you can tell his hustle is absolutely there. And he's someone 
who's still learning the game a little bit because he struggled in the defensive aspect of just where he needed to be. You saw the senior uh, Ajay take advantage of that on his next time down the court, but then you see him hustle for an offensive rebound, tip it up, tip it to himself, and then kick it right out for a three for Jamal Johnson. And you know what? That's a heads up play. And sometimes you just need someone who's going to get those energy points. And I think stretch is definitely someone who, as he grows into the college game and learns it a little bit more, is going to fit that role. I definitely think he's going to end up being a four-year guy here at Auburn. Yeah, and I was very surprised to see him in this game. I had you know impressions that he was going to sit out the season, uh, but uh, obviously that's not going to take place now. And it's it's good because I'm excited to see what he's capable of. I was very impressed with some things I saw him do in the exhibition game. He seems very athletic for his build, uh, but still a lot of room to grow. And it's nice to, again to have depth and talented depth at that to call upon even now in our uh, front court. So to give Wiley and Macklemore a little bit of help along like uh, two other guys I want to kind of mention here tonight. You've already mentioned one Jamal Johnson has some clutch three pointers tonight. You've been very high on him. 14 points tonight. what do you think of Jamal? I'm going to keep ringing his bell because I thought whenever he was in the game, Auburn was highly effective. We had a stretch there at the end of the first half where we had McCormick Dowdy, Jamal Johnson on the floor, McLemore, and then I believe it was Okoro on the floor as well. And we had pinned South Alabama so much that they didn't know where to go with the ball. And it was very suffocating defense. And I I love Jamal Johnson. I think he's going to be someone that makes a very big impact. I think we're steadily going to see his minutes rise up and probably take some ball handling duties here down the road. But he was clinical and picking his shots, he was good in the press, good in the switch on defense. And, you know, all around, I think he was probably my MVP of the game, even though Okoro had a really good stat line. I think Johnson hit very good shots and very timely uh, moments. One thing that's been really cool this season is to see the the people that are being brought in in certain situations to do a certain thing, and they're doing it. You know, whether that's play great defense to knock down that clutch shot in the moment that we need to, or make a you know a, a block there like uh, stretch tonight. Uh, I've really been impressed with that. A lot of uh, people were had a chatter on uh, social media tonight that uh, Flanagan was having a very great defensive game. I didn't, obviously didn't get to see that, but that was just something I've seen. Another player we want to give a shout out to tonight that had a great game offensively, Anthony McLemore with 14 points, uh, four rebounds uh, to add to that stat line there. Um, I thought he had a pretty decent game. He hit two of five three-pointers there, five for nine from the field. Um, aside from that, he's got a little special thing happening tonight, apparently. He's a, either currently about being a dad right now or is about to be a dad. He was running off the court uh, to go be with, Uh, his family. And I I think that's a really special moment there. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that we gave him a shout out here and hope everything goes well with the baby. Everything uh, goes according to plan. And obviously we'll be in prayer for them. So uh, congratulations to Anthony and his family. Um, Other than that, I thought we'd take a look real quick at some of the other stat lines, uh, just kind of team wise before we kind of start winding down our discussion here. Uh, 44% from the field for Auburn, uh, 42% from three point land. Oh, Drew, help me here. Um, it, it's not just Auburn in this one that's giving me a headache. South Alabama, too. 55% from the free throw line, 65% for South Alabama. What did Have we forgotten how to make free throws, Drew? I really don't know, uh, but I did have a funny 
thought to myself during the game as we were missing free throw after free throw. Uh, Flanagan had had a really good game tonight. I thought he did play well in the defensive side of the ball, and I thought he did well spacing the floor on offense. But he missed two free throws in a row. And as a coach's son, you know he was probably not wanting to get back to that bench at all. Yeah. And, and definitely one of those, you saw him miss that second one, just hang that head of like, oh, man, I, I really – shank that one and so i i don't know i all you see is bruce pearl just staring down people when they're missing the free throws so i know he's <laughs> talked to them about it too uh but that's gonna be a an interesting practice point i think coming up i, I imagine we're gonna probably hear a story or two from some colorful individual on this team who talks about bruce making them stay for an eternity to shoot free throws or something like that you know, it used to be standard practice that you had to make so many free throws before you could exit the gym. And I've seen people take two hours to exit the gym after a practice before. I'm not kidding because that's how bad they were at them. And they got better because of it. Uh, I, I It frustrates me to no end. You know, I understand an off night, but we have yet to hit 80% free throws on a night. And when, when Austin Wiley is 100% and your guards are 0 for 3 in an instant, Javon McCormick from free throws. Come on, man. Get, get it together. That's I don't like to pick on players, but I will when it comes to free throws. Auburn gave up the ball 11 times tonight to South Alabama's uh, nine other defensive stats here. Auburn had five blocks, uh, two of those coming from stretch and three steals. Again, I, I continue to see fewer stats from Auburn defensively, but it seems like their overall play defensively has taken a step up this season. Are you seeing that correlation as well? Oh, I, I think the switching on this Auburn team is actually better than last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I see them. I, I think Okoro is a little more fleet footed than Chuma was and can guard those quicker guys. Uh, Chuma was a larger, bulkier guy, obviously. And so I think that helps the switchability with a lot of these uh, matchups that we're doing. We're seeing a lot of that matchup zone again. And so I think, yeah, maybe we're not seeing the stat lines that we were, the turnovers and the fast break points, but I think it's going to come because the even the press tonight seemed a little more suffocating for South Alabama to get the ball in at times. And so that's going to be something that I think come maybe right after Christmas going into SEC play is going to be churning full force. Uh, the thing I'm worried about, though, is we got out-rebounded 38-36 to 36 yep. tonight. Not a big margin but big whenever you've got that length on your team. We we did not do a good job boxing out on the offensive end a lot of times with 12 offensive rebounds given up. I think that's a great thing to bring up, and I, and one thing I wonder is if Austin doesn't uh, sit in foul trouble the entire night, does um, that rebound tick more in our favor? Because uh, he obviously is our best rebounder there. But, you know, Anthony's good in his own right, and then, you know, Stretch is going to be able to help in that area too. But, uh, yeah, it, it is troublesome when you – uh, see a stat that you think that you're set up to win and you don't do that. So I think we're, we're kind of seeing some areas where definitely are the reasons Auburn was not able to walk out of here with a much more uh, less thrilling win. Uh, and that's obviously free throws and uh, some rebounding margins thing. Again, it comes back to these simple fundamentals, Drew rebounds and free throws. It's not hard to win a basketball game. A lot of it's, a, you know, luck at times, but there are some simple things you can do to win a basketball game, and those are some of them. Uh, last thing here, 13 assists for Auburn. Do you felt like they shared the ball well tonight? No, not at all. Yeah, uh, I felt like we got very one-dimensional at times. There was 
I know specifically one time that we passed the ball around the perimeter about three or four times swinging it and then realized, oh, there's two seconds left on the shot clock. It just jacked up a, a shot from almost half court. And so I think there's not a lot of intentionality from our guards right now, and there there needs to be. Uh, we've gotten away over the past two years, not gotten away, but we've had a very talented team that just ran in transition, could make shots out of nothing. And we ran an offense, but didn't really run an offense. And now we need to run a half court offense. And so I think that's the biggest weakness for this Auburn team right now is we need a half court offense. We're not just going to be running like a track meet all the time. And so I think, that's going to be something that we need to see building blocks from. We need to see improvement from. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be the downfall of this Auburn team. Yeah, absolutely could be. But, uh, you know, despite some of the deficiencies tonight that resulted in a much uh, closer victory here, I think Auburn walks away uh, satisfied with a win on the road in a very, very hostile environment. And, again, it's always good to uh, give exposure to in-state schools, especially some of the smaller schools like South Alabama. So, uh, kudos goes to them for the environment, the effort, and making an incredible game out of it tonight. And I hate I was not able to watch it, uh, but we come out with the win uh, here at the end. Now, let's move on to our next game, which I think is going to come as a bit of a reprieve for Coach Pearl and the rest of the team after what they've been through in these first uh, three games here. We're going to be playing one of those California schools that are very small, Cal State University of Northridge, or at Northridge. It's just whatever, Northridge. You can uh, watch the game on SEC Network at 6 p.m. Central Time, Friday, November uh, the 15th. Now, they are currently playing a game um, with Pepperdine, and we're not really sure how that's going at the moment. I would assume Pepperdine's probably win it. They tend to be pretty good at basketball. Don't know how they are this year. But they it's 15 have, to 7 right now, in case you're wondering. 15 to 7 in favor of Pepperdine? Yes. Uh, see, that's kind of exactly how I thought it was going to go down here. So what, why don't you tell me what you make of this Cal State-North Ridge matchup? Well, I mean, looking at their schedule already, uh, they beat Cal State Dom- Dominica's Hill, so don't sleep on them. Uh, <laughs> but they, <laughs> they've already taken a loss to Oregon State and New Mexico, old friends New Mexico. Uh, but this is just that I think that blip in the schedule of these early games that like you said is a reprieve it we're coming back home we don't want to take them lightly shout out to Evansville again on that one (laughs) you don't take when you pay people to come play you don't take them lightly uh so we don't want to do that but I I think maybe as I underestimated South Alabama's talents I'm gonna overestimate a little bit on Cal State university of wherever in california and just say you know what come out take care of your business get the job done get some of these younger guys some playing time and i think that's definitely be something we see because both of their losses so far have been by 20 points yeah i hear you on the whole don't take them lightly thing but i I gotta think that with the way i've seen coach pearl schedule and knowing now what we've seen happen with these first three games and what's coming after them i gotta think this is one of those he's inserted they're not anticipating you know auburn to run over them and get some extra time for some of the new and younger players here Uh, again i could be wrong but i'm feeling pretty confident on that right now you mentioned new mexico will be a common opponent for us we'll be playing them coming up very shortly they did lose 97 to 80 so they give up quite a few points to a common foe um so if auburn's offense can get on track early uh this thing may be in our control 
very early on. Just a little bit more information about Northridge. Uh, they made the quarterfinals of the Big West Tourney, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Big West just entirely California, Drew? No, because you got like Boise State in there. I think New Mexico's in there as well. You got Hawaii. It's what the it's like the Mountain West of college basketball. It gets so confusing when you start like seeing how things are like Notre Dame's in the ACC in basketball, but they're independent in football. It, it's so weird and like how it all spreads out there. Uh, but I always assumed the Big West was just why don't they just call it the Big California because that's basically all they have. But here I am being wrong again. Uh, they did lose to Utah Valley in the CBI. So that's the first time I've actually you know talked about someone being in the CBI um, and they didn't make it out of the first round there. Uh, so I, I do think that I don't want to call them weak, but I would say they're not, they're our least strong opponent thus far. Just looking at them on paper, we'll see how things shake out there. Terrell Gomez is a name to watch for their junior guard who scores 16.5 points per game through two games this year. And then Darius Brown, the second sophomore guard, who is their leading rebounder. So what this tells me, if you're, again, if a guard is your leading rebounder, that feels like where our big men can step up. And do you expect Austin Wiley to have a better game uh, against uh, Northridge? You would hope so, but Samir Dowdy led us with 10 rebounds this game. So that's not going to say much on our end either. I just set Uh, us up for that. (laughs) But, I mean, in reality, this is, we haven't mentioned so far, but this is the start to the Legends Classic. And I, I think this this begins a road of playing some some games that are going to really show Auburn how, how much they've grown already in the season and maybe what our ceiling may be coming up against a New Mexico team uh, that is going to be decently tough and a Richmond or a Wisconsin team that's going to that should give us some fits as well. Yeah, it's it's definitely I think the beginning of a build towards even more tough uh, even more tough talent uh, coming up obviously with the Legends Classic here. So thank you for reminding us of that is the actual beginning of this. We just host the game at Auburn Arena as well as with Colgate. Um, so I think that's going to wrap up our uh, breakdown of this game against South Alabama and our look ahead against Cal State northridge want to give you a quick update on the women's program not a lot to talk about because they have not had a game since our last episode uh the women will play old dominion this thursday the 14th so if you're going to be in town uh actually they're not i don't believe they're actually in town but if you're going to be able to go and follow them online uh make sure you support the ladies and we'll give you a further update on how they did at the next episode final thoughts drew after a harrowing win over the south alabama jaguars oh cora looked great team got a win and wins a win as far as i'm concerned and this early in the season that's all that really matters and i will completely agree with you there uh before we get out of here though let's make sure we share our contact information they can find me on twitter at tiger eye 24 where can they find you you can find me on twitter as well at drew underscore hoop h-o-p zero two and that's all we have in this edition of inside the jungle but until we see you again war eagle war eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?